0: This is a guy who lives in my neighborhood who's a uh, professor of English who engaged in detestable acts 40 years ago when I was 8 years old. Ayers has never repented and has said as late as 2001 he wished he had done more to stop the war. But the relationship between Obama
1: and Ayers went much deeper, ran much longer, and was much more political than Obama said. Chicago, Illinois, July 1995. The future President of the United States stood in the living room of a domestic terrorist. They were in Hyde Park, a Chicago neighborhood of tree-lined streets dotted with handsome old stones and brick houses. In this highly segregated city, Hyde Park stands out as a vibrant, racially diverse, but monolithically leftist melting pot. There couldn't be a more fitting place for a future Commander-in-Chief to live just mere blocks away from former domestic terrorist, not to mention Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan. Hyde Park is the home to the prestigious University of Chicago, but venture just a few blocks outside the neighborhood and you'll find yourself in the middle of Chicago's notorious South Side. The ivory tower of elitist academics looms over crippled communities riddled with drugs, gangs, and broken homes. The slums and Section 8 housing projects are home to some of the highest murder rates in the civilized world. The wreckage caused by decades of leftist rule ironically lies all around the progressive Hyde Park citizens, although they refuse to acknowledge it, let alone take any responsibility for it. Barry, if I have one lesson for you, Bill Ayers said, it's this. If you really want to change things, you've got to drop the radical pose for the radical ends. You're a talented community organizer. Politics is just community organizing on a larger scale. People project their hopes, their dreams, and their aspirations on you. They don't expect you to actually solve their problems, but they want you to say you'll try. End quote. Barack Obama, a 34-year-old aspiring politician, listened to Bill Ayers intently. What matters more than what you say, Ayers continued, is how you say it. You can play on fear, but ultimately you have to give people the antidote. And the antidote is hope. We lost a generation of progress because we didn't understand that simple rule. Obama grinned as he put out his cigarette, anticipating the arrival of his wife, Michelle, and Ayers' wife, Bernadine Dorn, as well as many other guests whom he would attempt to dazzle out of their money that night. The duo of Ayers and Dorn was nothing if not dynamic. The two had spent almost 11 years on the run, fugitives from the law. In fact, Dorn had achieved the distinction of making the FBI's 10 most wanted list. All the more impressive considering that only nine women have ever been listed there. What was it they were running from? Ayers, Dorn, and their Weather Underground co-conspirators had sought to spark a full-on communist revolution in the 1960s and 70s by destroying property and killing those who got in their way. After the two grew tired of running and finally turned themselves into authorities, only Dorn faced charges, and they were minors. Blessed with unexpected freedom, the two revolutionaries continued to adhere to their belief, never expressing remorse for their crimes. Dorn eventually landed at the prominent law firm Sidley Austin, the same firm where Barack would later meet Michelle. And she later served as a professor of law at Northwestern University. Ayers reinvented himself as a professor of education at the University of Illinois where he got to shape young minds on a daily basis, and this time without explosives. As they finished their conversation, Obama, ever the shrewd politician, asked one last question. Quote, what do I tell people if they ask about our relationship, end quote. Ayers displayed his characteristic mischievous smirk. Just tell them, I am a guy who lived in your neighborhood, end quote. He then turned and opened the front door to a stream of prospective Obama donors. As it turned out, it was the opening of a door that would one day lead to the door of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Having spent his entire life with and around radicals and revolutionaries, like his parents, anti-American communist poet and mentor Frank Marshall Davis, his pastor Jeremiah Wright, Bill Ayers, and of course, during his college years...
0: To avoid being mistaken for such a sellout, I chose my friends carefully. The more politically active black students, the foreign students, the Chicanos, the Marxist professors and structural feminists and punk rock
1: performance poets, Marinating in a radical progressive or communist brew like that, you might expect an openly Marxist rhetoric coming from Barack Obama. But he was smart enough to understand that it wouldn't play well with the American people. While a non-politician progressive, such as influential historian Howard Zinn, for example, will say that America's experiment has been immoral... Obama will rephrase that to say that the mistreatment of Native Americans and our original sin of slavery indicate that we must not have always lived up to our values, and that we must still be better. I think we can
0: say that uh, uh, the Constitution reflected an enormous blind spot in this culture that carries on until this day, and, and, uh, and that the framers uh, had that same blind spot. I, I, I don't think the two views are contradictory to say that it was a remarkable political document, uh, that paved the way for where we are now and to say that uh, it also uh, re- reflected the fundamental flaw of this country that
1: continues to this day. Obama may not overtly attack the rich, but he will argue that they ought to pay their fair share and that at some point people have earned enough.
0: We're not we're not trying to push financial reform uh, because we begrudge success that's fairly earned. I mean, I, I do think at a certain point
1: you've made enough money. He will not exhibit blatant hostility towards private business, but he will admit that he sides with labor and that regulations can help strengthen the economy while protecting the environment.
0: I'll spend my entire adult life working with SEIU. I'm not a newcomer to
1: this. He won't claim that America is a racist nation, but he will say that there are issues of race that still haven't been overcome and that minorities continue to have legitimate grievances
0: all of us as americans should be troubled by these shootings because these are not isolated incidents they're symptomatic of a broader set of racial disparities that exist in our criminal justice system
1: he will not explicitly say that his framework is dialectical that is based on the Marxist vision of looking at the world through a prism of competing races, classes, and sexes, such as the oppressors versus the oppressed, victimizer versus the victim. But he will admit to standing with the powerless. In Obama's book, The Audacity of Hope, almost every argument is presented as follows, conservatives believe X, liberals believe Y. While both sides have legitimate concerns, we should respect conservatives for their beliefs, I stand with the liberals. While Obama is quick to praise the free market, such praise is almost always followed with but. During a 2005 address, he said, our greatness as a nation has depended on a belief in the free market, but it has also depended on our sense of mutual regard for each other, the idea that everyone has a stake in the country. That we're all in this together he also famously said
0: it's not that i want to punish your success i just want to make sure that everybody who is behind you that they've got a chance at success too i think when you spread the wealth around it's good
1: for you so again he doesn't want to punish your success but there's that word when there really shouldn't be one i love the constitution but as he would later argue in a speech in kansas the very city where Teddy Roosevelt had delivered his famous New Nationalism Address a century earlier. But we simply can't return to this brand of you're-on-your-own economics if you're serious about rebuilding the middle class in this country, end quote. To each of the progressives we've discussed in the past three weeks, the Constitution is great, but it's old, it's outdated, They couldn't have foreseen the progress that we've made and need to continue to make. Now that we've spelled out who progressives are, and how and why they are who they are, what to do about it? Or as Bill Ayers would say, where's the hope? In my new book, Liars, find out the cure to progressivism.
0: Want more serials? You can listen to every episode at Glenbeck.com slash serials. Next week, you'll learn about Hillary Clinton's hero, Saul Alinsky. Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home.